Purpose Driven Sales Development, Atlas MKE with Army veteran Tom Burrell is up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Check them out at NavyFederal.org. All right, welcome Army veteran Tom Burrell, co-founder of Atlas MKE, purpose-driven sales development. Tom, welcome to the show. A lot of good things to talk about. Tell us about what you did in the Army. Sure. Um, so I was an artillery officer for uh, 20 years. Uh, so I did the normal uh, Fort Sill for the basic course. Um, and then I actually had my first duty station was at Fort Sill. So I spent four and a half glorious years at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Uh, and then I went down to uh, my captain time was at Fort Hood. Uh, that's where I did my first deployment right after 9-11. Um, we got sent over to Kuwait for about six months. And then we came back and did 15 months with First Kev, uh, 2004 to 2005. Yeah. Um, from there, I went on. Uh, I was supposed to have the easy time, you know, come out of cat, uh, come out of battery command. I uh, went to be a general's aide for a guy that was doing uh, stuff out of San Antonio. Uh, he, he was supposed to be doing ACRC out of San Antonio, is what I originally thought. Uh, ended up, they ended up becoming the or the headquarters I was part of became the uh, army component for U.S. Northcom. And this was my, the day I reported to, you can't even make this stuff up. The day I reported to work there was August 29th, 2005, the same day that Hurricane Katrina hit. <laughs> and the next day I drove away from San Antonio to Louisiana for the next three months. Um, nice. And I was just gone. Uh, so that was, the, that was my easy time after battery command. Uh, I went from there to Fort Leavenworth, nothing special out of that. And then, uh, I did my major time in, uh, Fort Campbell. Uh, so I did, uh, did my pants at the division, uh, first off 2008 to 2009, I was in Bagram, uh, Afghanistan. And then I went down to a brigade, second brigade strike. Um, and I did all the normal FA jobs. So as a brigade FSO, uh, I actually went, I was a battalion XO first and then an S3, uh, just out of timing, the guy that, uh, I was three and XO with had just started as the three. So they didn't, they, we just flip flopped in the middle of a deployment to Kandahar in 2010 to 2011. Awesome. Um, after that came back, I started doing ROTC in the Chicagoland area, uh, mainly because my wife looked at me and said, Hey, I found a job in Chicago. If you really want to live with me, I'm not going to follow you anymore. You're going to have to come to Chicago. So, uh, so I did that. The only thing I could really find was, you know, is recruiting in ROTC is the only thing up in, in the Chicago area for the Army. So I did ROTC for a couple of years. Actually, uh, the first thing they had me do was stand up or open back up again the, um, the ROTC battalion on the north side of Chicago out of Loyola University. Uh, when I first got there, we were, um, Pete Farrell was the uh, PMS 
And we were teaching at seven different colleges, uh, drawing kids from 20 something odd colleges throughout the Chicago land area. It was, it was ridiculously big. Yeah. Um, so we split that up. Uh, the only cool thing I like to say about that was I was actually able to stand up Loyola quicker than so at a time when they were not doing any expansion, only uh, only cutting back programs. The only ones they were growing was in Chicago and New York City. Uh, and New York City was the city colleges in New York backed by um, General Powell. Um, and I actually got Loyola done before Powell, uh, General Powell got uh, the city, city University of uh, New York done. Um, uh, so I, I did that for a few years, uh, culminated with being a brigade, ROTC Brigade XO in Fort Knox and retired in 2015. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I was, a I was in a reserve helicopter squadron in Atlanta when Katrina hit. So our, our helos and Marines spent a bunch of time down there in uh, New Orleans during Katrina down at Bell Chase. So, you know, the funny thing was that was actually the time when you wanted national guard guys to fly. You. Um, yeah, I, I didn't because we had a whole bunch of, we, I think, I think there was an AV, at least a GSAB out of, um, the fourth ID out of uh, Fort Hood at the time, and I think First Cab also sent it down. Uh, there, there were a couple of active duty GSABs that came down to support that. And, you know, normally active duty guys like to deal with active duty guys. When, you, when you're flying around the city of New Orleans with no lights, it's good to have the National Guard guys that know that city like the back of their hands. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that, was, that was interesting. That and the Coast Guard. Yeah, his Coast Guard guys were phenomenal yeah. about that, too. It's like we're doing this massive humanitarian event like we were in some third world country, but it was actually New Orleans. It was in the U.S. It's crazy. Yeah, right? yeah. There was a few times we were walking around. It was like, man, this guy looks like Magnet. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So uh, so when you got out, uh, you, you actually retired, so you, you remember the Paycheck of the Month Club, but you still have to get a job. So what, what was the transition like? Were you still in Chicago when you left? Yeah, so, you know, my last little bit in the Army, I, honestly, I was just tired. And, uh, you know, I was joking with everybody. I was like, ah, I'm just going to go drive a beer truck or something, like nothing <laughs> big. Um, and so, the, the, like, when I first retired, I retired, retired. Um, and I think that, that I put up with that for, like, maybe about a month or two. Uh, and then I got bored because I got all the stuff done around the house. And I pretty much just realized that I was just ready for a real vacation. Right. Um, and so then I just started looking around and the first job I actually went back to, uh, January of 2017, I actually started with Allstate. Uh, oh. I was a project manager for Allstate. Okay. Um, yeah. So keep walking us through that. Um, now you're, you're basically in corporate America at this point. Is it a good fit for you? And you yeah, know, where did this entrepreneurship thing come from? It, it was tough breaking through. Um, and I think I think the the hard part, being the guy on the inside coming out, um, and not really knowing what that game is all about, I thought I was basically just going to be able to, you know, do some crazy translation on my uh, on my resume, and then all of a sudden all these civilians would know all the great things that I did in the army. That's not the case. Um, you know, it was just it, it was a very it was a very stern lesson. And, you know, 
I have to do, the onus is on me to have to translate this for people and make them understand what I'm good at, what I can contribute to the team. Because um, nobody, you know, as great as anything anybody does when they're in uniform, it's still a voluntary force and you chose to do that. And nobody owes you a job when you get done with it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it really is on the individual to be able to translate and, and explain to folks how their jobs in the army can translate into a civilian setting. Um, you know, and, and it's honestly, it's easier than it seems. I, I don't want it, to, it, it's kind of tough to do, but it's easier than it seems because it seems very daunting. Um, because you just got to look at the, the individual skills. I mean, yeah, it, it's really easy to look at it on the surface. I shot cans, right? Like I know everything there is to know about shooting cans. I could probably go to Colorado and get some uh, you know job with like controlled avalanches in ski resorts or something if I want, you know. But that's not really what I did on a day-to-day basis in the Army. It was all the leadership. It was the, you know, it was the breaking down projects and making sure that people are executing them and all those types of things, the management, the jobs and things that you do in the Army on a day-to-day basis that will definitely directly translate into the civilian world on a day-to-day basis that, that you need to let people know that that's what you're doing. Yeah. You know, the whole mil- translating the military resume to civilian speak has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way because a, a lot of people tell you, well, don't use the word leadership, use management instead, or uh, right. talk about the how much of a budget you managed in the military. Well, yeah, okay, I can, but yet it was government money. It wasn't really company money that we'd earned. You know, it, it's a different, right. it's, it's, it's different. It's and, different. And, and, and although, I think a lot of, if companies really want to get to be in the business of hiring veterans, they need to put veterans in those hiring positions and that are doing the hiring that can translate those resumes themselves to a certain extent. And I get it. You got to modify your resume as best you can, but oftentimes you end up watering it down so much to make it sound like a civilian job that they almost don't even recognize that you're in the military. And, And then you've kind of lost that, that aspect. So it is kind of a, double-edged sword um, when you're trying to deal with a company that just doesn't speak military. And it's unfortunate that the veterans have to modify themselves and their resumes and everything to make it seem like uh, they, they were had civilian jobs this whole time, but we didn't. And the, the companies that recognize that uh, usually have more success in hiring veterans. And you know, we, we talk about all the time on the show about hard skills versus soft skills. Like, Civilians hire somebody into a job based off of hard skills. Do you have this qualification? Do you have this qualification? Do you have experience in doing exact, exactly this thing? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, then you'd be a good fit. Whereas in the military, we're thrown into so many jobs. We, we have no experience whatsoever. It's just up to us to figure it out as we go. And that's a skill, learning how to figure things out quickly and adapt. Yeah. And being thrown into unfamiliar situations, not just job-wise, but also living-wise and everything else. Um, and adapting to that and still uh, overcoming and operating successfully. So uh, the companies that, that figure that out really quick do better at hiring the military. They put veterans in those hiring positions and that kind of thing. But oftentimes, you know, you still run into the 22 year old 
gal right out of college who's an HR or whatever, and she has no clue what about the military is, and she's the one asking you questions. Um, so it and is. She's going to point out to you that her grandfather was in the military too. <laughs> exactly. Always, that's always good. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they, actually, what you were just saying reminded me of a couple things. One is they don't just hire based off of uh, the hard skills. They also promote based off of hard skills once you get in. Um, yeah. I, at least that, that was my experience. Um, I at least heard the folks at, at, at Allstate like acknowledging it at the institutional level. Um, you know, the CEO, I remember, got up and talked about one time where he was like, you know, we promote people the wrong way, you know. How do we get the person who leads the actuaries? Well, you take the whatever actuary is doing the best, and then you put them in charge of the rest of the actuaries, and that's kind of how we do it. Even though those are different skills to have, being the leader versus the doer. Yeah. Um, so they were starting to acknowledge it, but I was still seeing a lot of that. It was still very much um, you were getting promoted based off of the hard skills, also not just well, hired. You know, hard skills are more more tangible. You know, it's a bullet on a fit rep. It's initials after your name. Yep. You know, it's like rank um, or, or MOS. It's, it's yep. tangible things that people can relate to. Oh, he's a great boss is something that's hard to promote off of, you know, but um, so. If you let people get away with just making lazy statements, like he's a great boss, yeah. why is he a great boss? You know, if you start digging into that, then people can actually do that and, and start to quantify it. it. Even if you're not quantifying, you're at least qualifying the skills that that person, uh, you know, has that, yeah. that would make them good at the next level. Yeah. Why is this department performing so well? It's because of the leadership who's in charge, right. this person. Okay. Let's promote them. But you have to, you have to quantify and qualify all that, in, all that information. And you have to be paying attention um, yeah. depending on who's, who's in, who's in the head shed uh, to those things. And uh, it's just, it's just one of those Softer skill, you know, like fitness reports, like who gets promoted? Fitness reports have lots and lots of words on them. Yeah. You know, can you back up all those words? You know, I mean, theoretically the fitness report system is supposed to help the, the best get promoted. And we, we all know that's not always the case. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the cream rises to the top and yeah. you know, the ones that are at the very bottom always are pretty obvious too, but it's all that big chunk in the middle. That's, that's really hard to decipher sometimes. So, uh, so anyways, where, where did, uh, where did, uh, all this, uh, entrepreneurship stuff come from? And b before you answer that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Sure. So I'll give you a chance to think about that. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit like $50 for an easy start certificate. Add money at any time and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. If you're saving for a down payment on a new car, you may need an auto loan at a great rate. Navy Federal's there too. Applying is easy. You can do it on their mobile app, online, or by phone. And it's so fast, you can get a decision in seconds. Plus, with their car buying service, powered by TrueCar, you can shop, compare, and get upfront pricing on your next new or used car. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, open to the armed forces, the DOD, veterans, and their families. Credit and collateral subject to approval, rates subject to change, and are based on credit worthiness. Messages and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information and to apply. <laughs> 
If you're still active duty or working for someone else, starting an online business is one of the best vehicles to start your entrepreneurial venture. There's a lot of options out there, whether it's e-commerce, affiliate marketing blogs, chat GPT, podcasting, or whatever you choose, you're going to need a website. Hostinger has everything you need to thrive online. Launch a website or online shop in minutes without technical or design skills. It's only $2.99 a month, including a free domain name. It's ridiculously easy to use. Launch a WordPress website in one click or use Hostinger's drag and drop website builder. They have over 150 beautiful and fully customizable templates for e-commerce, blogs, portfolios, landing pages, and you can create a free logo in seconds using Hostinger's AI logo maker powered by ChatGPT. There's never been a better time to start an online business. Right now, you can get 78% off website and hosting plans plus two months free, which equals get everything for just $2.99 a month. So check out hostinger.com slash veteran and use promo code veteran when you check out for an extra 10% off. That's hostinger.com slash veteran and use promo code veteran. All right, back to with Army veteran Tom Burrell, co-founder of Atlas MKE. So Tom, you're, you're, you're in corporate America. You've transitioned into that. Talk about getting out of corporate America and where the entrepreneurship thing came from. Yeah, so I was... Uh... I was working at Allstate and uh, a buddy of mine who I did my first two deployments with, um, you know, good friend, we, we, best friend, really. Uh, he was best man at my wedding. Um, anyway, you know, we've been, been kind of following him and, and what he was doing. Um, and he was actually in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I'd have to go back through and figure out the time, but a couple of years ago. Um, and, he had actually linked up with a guy in Milwaukee um, because so my buddy was doing sales and uh, it, you know just general. I don't think any more specific than that really matters for this. Um, but he kind of came to the realization that in order, like he was he was kind of reaching the limit of his what he could earn by himself, and we could start to look at building a company around. Um, what he was doing. Um, but we kind of needed a platform to do that. So he had linked up with this guy in Milwaukee who already had a call center. And basically we could take the, you know, and it kind of combines the targeting that we, we both learned and, and did in the, in the army. Um, I, I probably did it more often uh, just cause I stayed in longer. But then he was doing the same types of things in the civilian world, selling, uh, you know, as a sales guy, um, kind of bring those things together. And, you know, at this uh, call center, I was going to be pretty much the COO. He was going to be the chief revenue officer. And, you know, we, we'd get this thing going at this guy's uh, uh, call center that he already had. So we were talking about that for probably six or eight months. And, uh, finally it was 4th of July, 2021. He came out. I had just quit my job at Allstate. Uh, I finished that Friday and, uh, he came down to my house in Chicago and it, the conversation started with, look, don't punch me in the face. But, uh, we basically come to the realization that we didn't want to go into business with this guy, with this other guy who had the call center. He's just too erratic. We, we couldn't count on him. It wasn't going to be a good fit. So in my, in my living room, we made the decision that we were going to start our own business. Um, 
And the key part of that was we formed as a public benefits company. Um, so a public benefits company, it's not, it's not a not-for-profit or, or non-profit or anything like that. It's still a for-profit organization. But we have a, fl- a philanthropic arm to it where we can actually, you know, I guess, but to put it mildly, both of us kind of lean to the right when it comes to politics. And I think one of the big things that both of us get frustrated with is we're seeing more and more reliance on the government to do things for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of wanted to show that a private company can come out and do great things and we don't need the government. We can actually do it more efficiently than, than the government can. And so that was a, that was a big driving piece behind forming this company. Um, they, uh, and that's, that, that was really what pushed me, I feel like, uh, into it. I mean, you know, it's good going into business with people that you like, um, you know, all that was going to work out. And oh, by the way, if we can do some good with this too, and not just be, you know, another entity that's just sucking money away from people. So, so that's how we form and we're, we're still partnered. You know, we, we partner with local uh, organizations, local nonprofits and everything. And once a quarter, we take our folks out and we go volunteer. We go do like, you know, we had a uh, women and children's uh, homeless shelter that we went over and basically did like spring cleaning and stuff. Um, you know, we do, we do things with the Humane Society here. A lot, a lot of different things. We've actually done some calling and everything for a few different organizations also. Uh, one of those being Glasses, the Great Lakes Adaptive Sports Association. They do a lot of things with uh, uh, amputees uh, playing sports and, and everything. A lot, of, a lot of stuff veterans can take advantage of up in this area. So, um, you know, it, it, it's good to do a lot of good things. You know, it's not just a, it's not just another job. It's not just another company that, that you come to work for. You know, you, you can actually feel like you're actually giving back to the community too. Awesome. Now, so Atlas MKE purpose driven sales development. Um, what exactly do you guys do on the on the for profit side? You, yeah, you're, I should probably get into it. Yeah, so hey, we're a call center. So we do we do B two B cold calling for for companies. Um, we don't get into uh, direct to customer stuff because that's just it, it gets too complicated with all the uh, phone regulations and <laughs> do yeah. not call us and stuff. So we stick it, we stick at the, uh, you know, business to business level, um, you know, but we, we sell stuff. I'm trying to think of some stuff that I can share. Um, you know, for instance, uh, yeah, whatever the company might be selling, right? Like if they, actually I, one, one good one is uh, we work with this company out of South Carolina that that's doing, uh, container farms. Um, so they, they sell the whole containers. They also do all the software that runs it, you know, the hydroponics and all that stuff. That's magic to me. Um, but so we're calling up, we're calling up different farms and everything to see if they want to either buy the, uh, setting up a meeting to talk to, uh, these folks about potentially buying either new containers or the, uh, uh, the software that runs all the, you know, the, uh, equipment that keeps, you know, keeps everything autonomous. So we do all the cold calling for them, you know, get all that stuff out of the way, basically get people on the hook. And then 
set them up for their the the company that we're working for's closers so that they can close the deal. So yeah, interesting. I never really yeah. thought about a business to business call center. I just everybody assumes call centers are business to consumer because that's what we're always hit with. Yeah, it's interesting too because we're outbound and not inbound. Like a lot of times when people think about call centers, it's inbound. Sure. Um, and inbound call centers, you could potentially, you know, in, a, in an age where everybody wants to work from home, uh, we're kind of at the point where we can't really do that because inbound, the pace of the calls coming in kind of keeps folks engaged and, and the, you know, doing those things. With us, it's just about minimizing distractions and just getting them, you know, volume of calls out there that we need to. So, you know, if you got somebody at home, uh, they're going off to the kitchen to grab something to eat. You know, it's just, it's, it's not a very efficient process to do work from home. From. <laughs> yeah. So. I've, I've, I've run my podcast out of the house for a long time, but I now have an office and I just, I just, I just like coming There's to my office. There's a lot of things you can do yeah. from home. Oh, but, no doubt. Yeah. But even, even all the kids are out of the house, no animals, an empty right. house is still a distraction. The TV's right. there. I don't know what it is, but I, I just, it's just nice to be able to, to come to your office. But hey, working for home works for a lot of people and if you can yeah. make it work. That's awesome. You know, especially depending on what kind of business you're in. Yep. Yeah. So, so what, what is, um, you guys are hiring a lot of veterans, right? Um, it, we haven't, no, uh, we, we, we haven't been, honestly, it's just, it, I, I wouldn't say they're impossible to find, but it's harder to find up here. Uh, veterans. I'm I mean, lucky, yeah, yeah it, there, there's some, I, I, but we just, we haven't made a, a particular push. Uh, I, I have reached out. I haven't gotten a whole lot of traction from it. I was trying to get some part-time callers in from like the ROTC department at Marquette or something like that. So I have talked to, those folks, but, uh, we haven't put any specific things out, specific campaigns for hiring. That so, so, um, you guys have some kind of you know, magic sales formula, um, some a process for you, you actually come in, um, you're actually doing calls for a lot of different kinds of businesses. So you learn yep. the business, learn, learn their business model, and then where you guys will fit into that. And then you guys go to work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, it, honestly, I mean, like I alluded to before, we, we draw a lot of our targeting stuff. I mean, it, it, a lot of people freak out when I say this, but you know, it, the, the steps are the same. Like whether, whether you're targeting somebody to end with a boom or you're targeting somebody to change their mind, <laughs> the steps are all the same. Uh, you know, we're just not killing the people at the end of the process here. So we're, we are using a lot of the stuff that we learned in the military. We learned and refined in the military uh, because you know, the, 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 if, if the army is good for anything, that, that place has got some refined processes. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if I can steal them, I'll steal them. <laughs> and too, too often business owners, especially new entrepreneurs, they fail to realize that, that business is full of processes. You know, they think they're out on the, on the edge inventing something new. But all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes is still business processes, especially things like bookkeeping and everything else. And all those can be boiled down to automation and processes if you're running it properly. So, um, Yeah, I, I would say it a little bit differently. I would say that businesses are about efficiency, and efficiency is about process. Yeah. Uh, 
So, yes, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with what you just said, but I just I would refine it just a little bit because you can do a business without having very good processes and you could probably make it depending on what, um, you know, what industry you're in. Some are more forgiving than others, Um, but you're really not going to maximize the potential of that business until you actually start looking at your processes and get those handled. And and that that often comes into play if you want to try to scale it. Um, right. And you oh, have yeah. processes in place, then you, you yeah, can run a small business because you got a few people that are really good at what they do. But if it's just them, that's good. That, that's only going to go so far. You can't scale to a point of really being able to grow the business. Yeah. They end up impaling themselves and trying to work themselves to death is what happens. Yeah. So. Got to do it all. Yeah. Got to do it all. So yep. um, what are some other things you can tell us about Atlas MKE and um, some, you know, Types of successes, uh, volume, size, growth plans. Uh, well, the, the, the cool thing is we're we're not getting so we're we're pretty much just about two years in. Uh, so, it, but in terms of like customer flow and all that kind of stuff, we're really getting now to where we can look at year over year stats and everything, and just looking at the looking at the growth and. Uh, you know, the productivity increase that we've had over the last year um, has just been leaps and bounds. I mean, I, I, I've been sharing that. So, you know, last few weeks have been mostly spring break in our business, not a lot of pickups. It's kind of rougher, you know, things kind of slow down, but you know, I've been talking to our college and I'm like, you know, you realize uh, it, it, it because if I if I pull out the percentages, like people, it, it, they look like make, made up numbers. I mean, they're thousands of percent better than we were last year at this time. Um, you know, I think when I looked at it, in order to make the number of uh, meetings that we had this Monday, which seemed like a, not a very great Monday, we would have had to pull in. I think it was like two or three weeks of calls last year at this time in order to make the same number of things that we did just on Monday. Um, So seeing that kind of growth and seeing that kind of improvement from the team, um, you know, over three, six, 12 months of, uh, you know, going through it has has been, uh, I think, very, very rewarding and and just phenomenal to see, uh, you know, just the organization getting that much better at what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so what's it like crossing over to being an entrepreneur at this point? You you know, you're not gainfully employed by an employer anymore. It's, it's, it's all you, you and Here shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, well, like you said before, you know, like we do budgets and stuff, but we don't really do budgets cause it's not your money. Yeah. Um, it's different when, uh, you know, when everybody's looking at you for the paycheck and, and that kind of thing, it, it, there's, uh, it's one of those things. I don't think I ever did anything like it when I was in the army, but everything that I did in the army prepared me for it. Um, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. So uh, that, uh, that, that's just, that, that I think that's been the hardest part, uh, in terms of the transition over to the civilian part, I'm sorry, from, 
uh, working for a big organization. Because there, there, honestly, there wasn't a whole lot of change going from an organization like the Army to an organization like Allstate. Allstate was huge too. So that was kind of pretty equal. The only thing that cracked me up about that was I loved how everybody used to like tell me, hey, you know, Allstate's not like the Army. The civilian world is not like the Army. And I'd always point out to people who were saying that, that I'm the only one that's been in both worlds. So I don't know how they know that. Because um, there's a lot of things that are the same. Because people are people everywhere. Yep. Um, and most of what you're dealing with on a daily basis is just people issues. They're not really, uh, you know, specific to civilian world or, or, or the military. Uh, but but making that leap into being an entrepreneur, uh, that, that the, the paycheck piece, the, the where is the funding coming from? That, that has been the biggest part to adjust to. And that is just, it's just different. Like you don't, you don't encounter that uh, when you're in the military. Like I said, I think everything is you in the military prepares you for that, but you just, you, you won't have done anything like that before. Yeah. Um, what are some of the key things you believe your military career did actually to prepare you for diving into entrepreneurship? I, well, and uh, this kind of goes back to like you were talking about before with the transition. Um, and, and, you know, where I was saying, like, you really have to do a better job of explaining to people. So I, when I got into interviews, I actually got to the point where I, I would start off with, you know, I, if they had a class on how to, um, you know, how to teach civics to middle-aged Iraqi men, I missed that in school. Or if there was a class on how to make an Afghan farmer's life better, I'd miss that one in school too. Or if there was one about how do you evacuate and then repopulate an American city after a natural disaster that just absolutely levels it. Yeah, I guess I was absent on that day. <laughs> um, but the big thing that the, the, that the Army did do was it put me in a bunch of situations where I had absolutely no idea what to do. And I had very little guidance <laughs> other than maybe like a, a roughed out. This is what I want it to look like when you're done. Yep. Uh, and then just go in and figure it out. And I feel like that, you know, it was 20 years of just going in and all right, dump it on me and figure it out. Cause that's kind of what we were doing all the time. And uh, that, that makes you absolutely invaluable in the civilian world, just because most people will not put up with that kind of like they, they won't have that flexibility. They won't bring that flexibility to the table. You know, if you can come with an attitude of, I don't have a clue how I'm going to do this, but you know what? We'll figure it out together. Right. People love that, you know, and, and you don't get that in the civilian world. You get people that, you know, everything gets packed the same way in their lunchbox every day. And they come and they sit in the same spot and they've been sitting in the same chair for the last 35 years. <laughs> and if you change any of that, they're going to have a strongly worded email that's sent to you so that you understand how horrible you've been to their, you know, how horrible you've made their day. That's what you deal with. That's, that's the kind of people that you deal with in corporate America. So I think understanding that it's all about flexibility. It's all about mission accomplishment. And approaching things that way, just approaching life that way, I, I think it's probably the biggest thing that, that the Army gives you in order. It, it, the way that, I guess the way the military gives you a, uh, an advantage over the civilian world. 
Awesome. Well, that's well put. So how do we find out more about Atlas MKE? Where do we find you? How do you find out more about www.atlasmke.com and uh, you can read all about us. Simple enough. All right. Well, hey, Tom, we're out of time. Uh, do you want to give you the last word? If you're talking to somebody still in the military or on their way out, or maybe they landed in corporate America and they're trying to get out of the cube farm, looking to get into I, business ownership, entrepreneurship, what kind of advice comes to mind? Uh, everybody, I'm a firm believer that nobody who has ever spent any time in the military, nobody's ever volunteered to go into the military should have to work as a greeter at Walmart. If that, if that's what <laughs> if they, if they want to do something else, they should be able to do it. <laughs> if that's what they want to do, fine, go ahead and do that. But there's a place for everybody coming out of the military. I mean, what you don't realize when you're in the military is actually how elite of a group that you're in. You're in with some really good people. And as bleak as it may feel like when you first get out, you'll find a spot for you to land and it'll be okay. Awesome. Well, hey, Tom, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial success story. Look forward to future success of, of you, you and your, your uh, Christian, your business partner and, and Atlas MKE. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>